This episode is sponsored by Codecast and Showcase. When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 163, how he earned three-plus million dollars on the internet. I'm Matt, that's Mike, and this week we'll be talking to Chaba and getting his advice on how to monetize your projects. Make a little bit of money with those side hustles, those ideas, those websites, those web apps, etc. If this sounds interesting to you, because it should, because money is interesting, and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friend, and just like I said, today we'll be talking to Chaba. He's been coding for over 25 years. Chaba is a serial maker. He's built apps that have made it to number one on Product Hunt. He's also built a site that earned seven figures in ad revenue. We had a great conversation about his journey as well as some critical advice for all of you. So let's cut to that interview right now. Alrighty, everybody, we have Chaba on the line here. But before we jump into this loaded episode on how to make money on the internet, Chaba, how's it going? What's going on? What are you currently working on? How's your COVID life? Just how's it going? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Chaba, and I'm a solopreneur from uh, Slovakia. It's located in Central Europe. Uh, actually, I'm doing my own business for more than 24 years now. And, and uh, yeah, I had the job before, but there was also something like side hustle for me after the job. So I was working for like 10 to 16 hours a day. Uh, not anymore. So I'm trying to do max like six hours a day. But uh, it's, it's not always the case. So I have to take care of uh, a lot of stuff from past. Like uh, I'm running my own sites still. And also spend a lot of time on Twitter. Uh, started from uh, January of this year. So, so yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, Chaba. Actually, you and I uh, met on Twitter just a few months ago. And we had kind of a a good back and forth relationship over over the time. So really glad for to have you on. Really happy for you to hop on. Your your journey is super interesting and very unique. And I think we can learn a lot from it, honestly. Just and selfishly, I want to say myself as well, because <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you have a lot to share. And obviously, the audience that's listening to this, there's there's a lot of nuggets that's going to be placed in this episode. So for sure, tune into the whole thing because again. Java's journey is very interesting. So let's get right into it. So you gave us a little bit of a background on kind of where you're at right now, what you did, you know, 24 years of uh, entrepreneurship now. Can you give us a background on why you decided to go into like web development and web design and that stuff? Like, was that your job right from the get-go or did you transition into web development? 
Uh, yeah, for me, it uh, was a transition, actually, because I'm a aeronautical engineer, actually. And uh, after the university, I, I started to, to do a programming. And uh, it was a passion from start for me. So um, I spent a lot of time at start it was mostly in uh, turbo pascal then i moved to delphi and uh, later i decided to go a different way and start to learn a uh, web development um actually my first first uh, web project was created in asp with an uh, access database connected over ODBC, which is not used anymore, I think. It's pretty old stuff. But yeah, it, it was really interesting because I uh, had no internet at home at started. So it was uh, just starting here in Slovakia back then, and uh, it was like pretty expensive. Uh, so you know, dial up slow, a uh, lot of connection issues and things like that. So basically how I worked, uh, it, was, it was like I created my stuff at home. And then when I uh, uh, got into the job, my daily job, because I had a daily job at the time, I asked my uh, co-worker to, to use this machine, which uh, had an internet and I just uploaded my stuff uh, on, on my site. So it, it is how it worked. <laughs> Pretty crazy, uh, but yeah, it worked. Yeah, that's amazing. Imagine, like for anyone listening, imagine trying to learn web development pre, you know, Stack Overflow, pre all of the other documentation really out there. Like, I'm guessing, what, what did you have? Uh, did you learn from documents like textbooks, stuff like that, yeah. or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything was uh, from books at start. And it was was even, that was not pretty easy because uh, the number of books on the market was very, very small. So it was, it was hard to get information. Uh, <laughs> I can yeah. only imagine. Honestly, I think I think w one of the things that I like to preach a lot is learning how to read documentation, uh, because a lot of people will you know reach for Google faster than they will documentation of the tool that they're using. So I always try to kind of push them back to that. I feel like your method, like you, you're you're essentially a documentation king at this point because you started only on documentation. You didn't have the privilege of having you know Google at your fingertips every five seconds. So. Yeah, like really appreciate that story and uh, the perspective that it brings to us as newer web developers. Like Matt and I started seven, seven or eight years ago, uh, and we obviously had all the tools at our disposal. It's even easier now, but still, like it was fun, e pretty easy back then. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, really interesting, uh, but uh, also now I, I see a lot of people. Are doing uh, their stuff on on uh, really interesting uh, machines like uh, 
the guy said, I'm doing my programming on a, on a phone, which is pretty crazy if you, if you think about it. It was a guy from Africa or, or India, I don't remember. But uh, if I imagine how, how you can uh, work on, on, on a phone, like doing a programming, it's, it's, it's small and everything. It, you are limited in every direction. So we, we still see such a situation, I think, with some guys. The frontier has kind of moved, right? Like the frontier used to be like, man, I really wish I could have everything at my fingertips in terms of knowledge. Now we have that. Now we have the the device form factor is one thing, right? Like we were just discussing where that's the new frontier where people are starting to get into it. And it's like, how? But maybe with the folding phones, you know, as they get yeah. larger, literally, you know, then maybe it's like, hey, you know, this is basically a laptop now. So then that frontier is solved. Then it'll be something else that I'm programming on my watch, like something. <laughs> that, <that's crazy. laughs> that would be insane. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, though, Chaba. It's it's like there's still people out there that are learning that way. We had um, uh, machine learning Pratham on our show a, a few a few weeks ago now, I think, or even a month or two ago. And mm-hmm. in fact, he started learning programming also without the internet. So he would go to the library kind of thing and learn from there. Maybe not mm-hmm. on the same level as you, because there's a lot more documentation, but even him, like he's only 17. <laughs> so yeah, there's yeah. still some disparity in the world and there's still people learning that way. And it just shows the perseverance and kind of puts everything into perspective for us and probably most of our audience out there that like, if, you know, if they can do it, we can do it too. Yes. It's probably not a good idea to compare yourself to everyone, but then again, like, the the sources that everything is out there for you to find it we're going to help you you know find the right sources and stuff like that you can go on our website you can you know go on twitter and ask people but there's plenty of information out there for you to use just use it and use that as motivation but with that being said i just kind of want to move a little bit further here and ask you like as you were doing your own thing uh you had your own job obviously you you had a regular like job but what made you take that leap to then instead of pursuing the aeronautical career and just the traditional job career to then put like, you know, your foot over the line and be like, Hey, you know what? I want to be a content, like not even a content creator. I want to be a entrepreneur. I want to make my own website that earns money. Like I want, what was the mindset there? Uh, not, yeah. Now I be, will be honest with you. And uh, I would say like, I hate jobs. So, I, I, I have my own dreams and I, I want to make them like turn them into the life. So job was, was not for me from start. I, I knew that I, I want to create something that uh, will make me happy. And this was always my passion so to make uh, programs. And uh, it's like you have a lot of ideas so you you wrote, write them down and you have a list of, of everything you want to do actually i have now a list with more than 100 ideas probably never will make them uh, like turn them into the product because it's it's, it's too much and i'm too old <laughs> so so yeah as I said, I always want to do my own career, but not, not to be 
like I play, but do my own stuff that makes me happy and that I enjoy to do. So that's it. Makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, I, I, I feel that same kind of pull, honestly. Uh, I've had jobs, we've had internships, we've had like, you know, I've been working since I was in high school, like early high school. So I, I've done it all. I've worked for people and for sure have that same kind of mindset where I was like, you know what, this is it. Like we need to try something on our own. That's why Matt and I kind of branched out on our own. So I share that feeling with you, Chaba. I just think like yeah. as you were doing it uh, and w- we said it in the introduction, but you, you were able to be ultra successful in that space. So Obviously, that did not come easy. There's no, there's no way, shape, or form that was easy. Can you take us through a little bit of the process of like, I was the website that made you your initial like you know the three million dollars online income, the first project, or was there many many failed projects before that? Uh, yeah, as I mentioned on on Twitter earlier, uh, I've done more than two uh, two hundred site projects. And uh, this this number may be even higher. I don't know exactly because it's hard to count everything for such a long time. But but yeah, surely it was not the first project. It started very interesting for me because uh, when I started, there was no something like uh, uh, I'm going to earn money from this. So. It took me maybe five years where I realized that you know what it's it's so it's so good to do this and what about to make money from this and like live from from this and then I decided to hope we are going to try something so I started to do projects. Uh, uh, which uh, can bring you some money, and actually it was it was a ASP site uh, with uh, the, the access uh, uh, backend for the database, and it was a library of uh, Delphi components. Uh, I don't know exactly how many of them were submitted by by users, but few thousand, I think. And uh, the business model was was created like uh, I'm going to uh, earn from ads on the site. But uh, there was a lack of of marketing knowledge at the time for me. So so it was like I, I knew how to build projects. It was not a problem for me. But I made a big mistake uh, when it comes to marketing. So, so this is my first advice for for people who are trying to build something. Uh, it doesn't work the way that build it and they will come. So it it doesn't work. And th- and this was this was my biggest mistake at start. I, I'm j- I was just building projects. Uh, over and over again, and almost everything failed because of this. So there was now not a problem with the idea. I think it was it was a problem with 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 marketing, how to spread the word, and uh, how to uh, 
just let the users know about, about the project. So, um, yeah, this is very important. I think uh, project for me itself is like 20% and the rest is, is all about the marketing. So this is why I joined recently uh, Twitter this year. I mean, actively because I was on Twitter for more than five years already, I think, but I was not active there. So I decided in January that uh, it's time to build my audience and uh, just unhide myself from from the cave or whatever. So, oh yeah, build your project, but but build your audience at the same time, or even start to build your audience sooner. This is the best approach, I think. What do you say about, um, or I guess, what, what's your take on, say, like organic, <clears throat> excuse me, organic uh, searches? So, like, some people will say, you know, I'm going to write this, or I'm going to make this blog. So, you make a whole, the whole website, and it's like, I'm going to try to SEO a lot of the articles or all the articles. I'm going to SEO them completely. And that's the product. It's just the blog, you know, maybe some ads on there. Maybe they're selling stuff mm-hmm. on the merch store or whatever. You know, what is your take on, on that type of project? Do you think that you can make it with just SEO? Do you have to have paid ads? Do you have to hit social media? What's your thought on that? Because Mike and I ourselves have made the same problem where we've made free stock photo resources and we're like, oh, it's free and it's playing the local angle. They'll show up and they never did. Right. So what is your take on sort of that, if you will, that basic project idea for uh, like online content? Yeah. Uh, when it comes to, to blog, it's it's really specific. And uh, you have to take into consideration that this kind of thing is is. It's like uh, easy to create because a lot of a lot of people know how to write, right? And uh, not not that much people know how to code. So you have a very big like competition, and uh, new blog posts are published every single day. New blogs are published every single day, and uh, it's it's really not not that easy. The situation in uh, uh, search engine like marketing changed uh, a lot in the last uh, like 10 years uh, when the first uh, Google algorithm was uh, made, like it changed. And uh, because before it was everything like about uh, backlinks. So if you got a, a lot of backlinks, on your site, uh, it was good and it worked for you. But uh, now it's 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 absolutely different situation because Google is actually using all his stuff. They are creating like uh, Google Chrome and uh, Google Analytics, which they bought. Uh, it's not initially the, the Google project. And uh, they use all of these to get feedback like 
about the user behavior. So now it works like you are going to search for something and they measure uh, they measure times and all the stuff around. Like when you click on the first link and go to the site and you decided to go back, this is a signal for them that you didn't find the answer for your question on that site. So you decided to go back and you are trying to uh, either search for a new uh, new site or you, you are doing a new search or you click on the second one in the search engine uh, like results. And if you click on the second one and uh, you found the information there, so you didn't jump back to the search engine result, it means for Google that you find the information on the site, so you found it. And over time, if there are a lot of people doing this, they will change the, the searches and uh, engine result, uh, like they will swap the second position will go up to the first and the, the first position will uh, go to the second position. And it's, it's, uh, it's like, um, like doing that online. So uh, it's happening over the day and uh, every signal is, is uh, in the database and they, they can resort, resort the, the searches results based on this. Also, um, you have to consider also the uh, bounce rate, but not always. So there are some sites like, like uh, Stack Overflow where, where Google knows that this kind of site is is different from the uh, blog, let's say, because it's like a solution site. So you are searching for solution, you found the solution, and you you drop from the site. So uh, Stack Overflow has a very very big uh, bounce rate, but that Google knows about it, and uh, it still keeps this site on the first position when it comes to to the results of, of uh, the search for specific like uh, problems they were searching for. So there are a lot of factors you, you have to know about uh, uh, how it works, but uh, let's jump back to your, to your question. Um, when it comes to blog, you have to go and, and uh, search for for some different types of like marketing. It's not, it's not enough uh, to just post something and wait for Google will come and, and I will be on the first page because there are a lot and lot of, uh, of uh, blogs uh, on the same topic and you have to be like uh, different in some way. So what works now the best is uh, is to making a, a longer blog post, so over one thousand words each. Uh, make a good structure, so make subheaders from specific uh, like paragraphs or sections of the post. Then uh, include at least two three images 
and at least one widow. And the best thing is if this video is from uh, YouTube because they just, you know, YouTube belongs to Google and uh, they just prefer this. So, yeah, I think this is this is something uh, for for uh, for a different call. Like there are so many informations we can talk about. Just a quick word from this episode's sponsors. Mike, it's about time that we talk about this episode's sponsor. Codecast. Codecast is for creators and viewers alike. It's a new form of media just for developers. It's designed so that creators can live stream video and code together. Using the player, live stream viewers can watch the caster code and directly interact with that code as it's being written. They can also explore the code base that the caster has shared and even copy entire files or individual lines as needed. There's also a couple helpful optional features in the player called auto follow and diffs. Autofollow makes the viewer's player follow along with the caster as they navigate between their files. And for even more help following along, the diffs feature lets you see what's changed save to save. In addition to the code that's being shared, viewers can simultaneously view the caster's shared media, like a related browser window, maybe a primary monitor, or a command prompt showing the command outputs. If you miss a live stream or want to review the material later, you can do so easily because streams are recorded for easy re-watching and interacting. And on the creator side of things, Codecast has a unique software called The Studio, where casters can choose a relevant media source, like that primary monitor as I mentioned, and include code bases for sharing. And they can even start streaming right in that software. And best of all, as they work away on their live stream, The Studio will automatically track edits to the shared code base with no additional work. And creators will be able to monetize their work through upcoming workshops and series. Codecast is a community-focused platform that is structured for developers by developers. So don't just listen to me talk about them. Check them out for yourselves with our link, codecast.io slash HTML the things so they know that we sent you. All right, Matt, let's talk about Showcase. Showcase is a developer-focused social network designed to provide you as developers, the tools to network, find opportunities, and monetize your content. And what I want to do today is I want to actually go to my showcase profile and just talk to you about some of the things that kind of stood out to me as being what us developers need in a social network. One of the big things, a tech stack display. So you can actually put any of the technologies that you're working with currently. I've put stuff like Vue.js, JavaScript, Svelte in there. And people that are looking for developers in those technologies can easily go to your profile and find you kind of looking at it like a resume almost more than anything. You can attach your GitHub profile to your to your actual showcase profile. And you can do many other things. For one, one of those things is any post, thread, or blog that you write on showcase, you can actually throw in code snippets directly into it. You don't need to use some sort of third-party code snippet platform like you do with a lot of the other social networks. They have one built in. They display really well, really easy to read and accessible as heck too, which is something that I have trouble with on other platforms. It is a really interesting service. And if you're looking for a place to find like-minded people in the development space, it's a great time to join because right now it's still a closed community. And 
that provides a really good insight into what it's going to be like in the future and allows you to have the input you need to make this a community for you. So again, it was a closed community. So we actually have an exclusive invite code to allow you to join for free into the community. So go to showcase.com. Showcase is spelled with two W's. And when you're signing up, use our invite code join hat. It's join with a capital J and hat is capital H-A-T-T. So all capitalized for hat. Join is with a capital J. Again, it's join hat. Check it out and let us know what you think. And now back to the episode. I I love it, honestly. <laughs> honestly, Jeb, I, I just, I'm fascinated to hear you speak about all that. I told everyone, like it, the audience, that this is going to be an information-packed episode because it is. that Those are some amazing insights um, that will definitely apply to our own thing. And I think, I think the big takeaway there is the game isn't the same anymore. And you've got to be able to adapt to the, to the different changes that Google throws at you and that other, you know, you've got to be able to find your audience at this point. It's not about your audience finding you. It's you finding your audience and embedding yourself into them. So one question I have for you, Chaba, how many times have you had to adapt? Because you've been doing this for 24 years now. And as I've been doing it for only seven, I've noticed that the game changes pretty often. Like, again, you just joined Twitter or actively joined Twitter a year ago. Twitter was around for a while. I'm guessing you had some other ways of doing it before. So how often do you have to change? Like, how how do you stay in tune with all that? Uh, yeah, this is a good question. Um, I was quite resistant when it comes to changes, and I didn't want to, to do much change, but... Actually, when when uh, the Google started to create all of these uh, changes changes in the algorithm, and I started to see my site traffic goes down, uh, the first thing I was thinking about uh, is is it's time to do something else. Like this is this is the second like uh, advice. So do a diversification. So you have to diversify your, your income and use at least two, three sources because you never know. If you have uh, sites like I had and all of them were based on uh, the revenue from AdSense, it's fine, but you are, you are cutting your revenue from one source. So I had also some affiliate marketing on my site, but uh, it was really like a minor. Uh, so you 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 have to have a lot of sources. The more you have, the better for you. So I've started to think about uh, creating uh, like a SaaS product and. Uh, uh, just diversify the, the source of the income uh, this way because it's it's no more related to the Google at all. Of course, uh, SEO is very important here because, uh, you know, we are all trying to get uh, traffic from free sources. And one of them is uh, is Google. Yeah, this is, this is the best because uh, there was a great article from guys uh, who created a plausible the um, analytics pl platform 
like the competitor of uh, Google Analytics, and uh, there was a, go a good post from them uh, where they like uh, compared the the numbers, how many visitors uh, turned into the the clients like, uh, who use their products, and it was interesting to see uh, which uh, which like channel is the best. Yeah, they compared uh, Reddit, there was Hacker News, and uh, also SEO traffic from Google. And uh, and yeah, the, the best one was the, the traffic from Google. Because when it comes to Reddit and Hacker News, it's like, it's like people come to your site, they, they see what's happening there, and they just go away. So even, even if you get uh, less people from search engine or from Google, there's a much bigger chance they will convert into the customers for you. So content marketing is, is very, very important here. And this is why, why all the big companies have their own blogs and share information there. Uh, but what's very important for me, and I'm trying to, to um, talk about it more and more, it's a uh, side projects marketing, especially for us uh, who, who like to code and we know how to code. So we, we can like differentiate from all of other people who doesn't know how to code yeah, they can write uh, uh, articles. They can even make some no-code stuff because it's really popular now, and you can do some things. But but uh, if you want to put something more complex together, it's it's not that easy. So leverage what you know and go for things you can you can do. So for me, it's it's really the side projects marketing. So if you if you go to my product hunt account and see all that stuff, I have like 22 products there. Some of them are not live anymore because uh, there was no like demand for for them. So I've stopped uh, the the project. But uh, yeah, it's all about the the side projects. So you have one main projects and you build let's say 10 small side projects. It doesn't matter how big this is. So I prefer to create like one page small projects where, where you can find like a solution for, for, one, for one problem. Yeah, this is, this is one page uh, created probably in Vue.js or something like this, what I use the most. And uh, you can put it together within, sometimes within days, sometimes within three, four days, but uh, never more than, than one week. So I, I prefer something small, one, two days. You can put it together, it works, and you can submit it. Usually I, I submit to Product Hunt, then I go to uh, Reddit and uh, other sites that are related to, to this kind of, of project. So I usually 
do like projects related to the uh, web development. So there are plenty of sites where you can submit it. So I, I also try to contact some newsletter owners and stuff like that. So you have to be active. Again, so this is not about just build it and they will come. It doesn't work that way. You have to be active. I have a list of sites where I'm trying to, to uh, submit the project and, and spread the word. Usually the product hunt is this, uh, the most important here because uh, this is a site that's uh, visited by a lot of, a lot of uh, blog owners and uh, editors or newsletters uh, owners. So uh, this is a good chance for you to spread the word, especially if you, if you reach the position between one and five, then you are also featured in the newsletter next day, which is also great because I don't know exactly how many uh, subscribers they have, but it's, uh, it helps you to spread the word even more. So uh, for instance, when I, when I created the Tabler Icons uh, uh, website, um, I used this tactic and uh, I was able to get, I think it was like over 2000 backlinks within a very short time, which is, which is very important here. Right, and one one advice I I want to talk about here is uh, there's nothing like stupid idea. Yeah, I literally write down everything that comes into my mind because uh, I say you are not the one who will decide if this idea is good or not. It's your audience, and this is the best. Uh, 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 example for this is uh, when I created a simple site that took me uh, maybe two or three hours to to make. I was just uh, trying to do something new in in React. I'm actually view guy, and this was like a, a little bit of challenge for me to create something in React. So I decided to create this site in React, and uh, yeah, it was done within maybe two three hours. And uh, I thought it's it's not the type of site probably that my users will like or something will some somebody will, will use. And uh, at the end, it's visited by I think five hundred uh, people every day. So so not not bad, yeah. And uh, on the on the other on the other side, there are there are projects. I I thought it it will be uh, much more useful for someone, and it gets like maybe sixty users every day. So so you have to know about this. There's no nothing like stupid idea. Just just do it. If you have write it down and and do it, and and the people will decide if it's good or not. How do you vet your ideas? Like you, I mean, you've done 200 projects now, side projects that you've launched. It is your idea that like any idea is not stupid. So I'm just going to build it without even checking if there's an audience or do you first go out and see if there's an audience for it, at least a small one, and then start building? 
no, for for those small projects, no, there's no nothing like uh, like going out and and uh, search if there is a demand for for the project. So, uh, actually, for most of the side projects I did, uh, it was like uh, I I had some problem I need needed to to solve. And uh, usually it was like something small. Uh, it was it was exactly uh, the same with Tiber icons. Yeah, I have to say this this pack of icons was not created by me. It was created by the by a guy from uh, Poland, but uh, there was no site for it. So there was a GitHub repo where you can download like all the icons and use them. But I needed something where I can just go and search for icon I, I want, and then with the one click, copy it into the clipboard. And uh, yeah, so I decided to create a site. I built it, I think within a week uh, in the Vue.js. And yeah, it was live. That, that site now is visited by uh, 400 people every every day so they are using it and they are they are they like it and i'm happy they are happy and i can use the site for uh, for marketing for my my other stuff like i place their uh, uh form from uh, review to to get some subscribers to my uh a list on uh, the Twitter. And there is also the small banner for my Twidesk, like uh, new project I'm doing. So, so yeah, this is this is all about about uh, you can use those those small projects for something else, like uh, use them for your paid one project, like a Dover page to the to the main one. So, as I said, don't underestimate those small things because they can be your like tool that will help you to win at the end yeah it all, it all kind of compounds as as you go like if you keep making those projects over and over and over again some of them will hit some of them will miss but the crazy thing is is that like as you make them you'll find different areas where another side project could be needed like the icon thing that you were talking about you were probably making another project at the time and you're like well i would really like to search for these icons and then that bred another project so for people that are just sitting there and be like i have no ideas in your head what chaba's saying is like just take any idea and start building and as you build those ideas could pile up because as you build you'll realize that there's some deficiencies in the market there's going to be some little thing out there that's like, wait, this could be done better. And that is your idea. So it's kind of a genius method to not only become a better developer, like let's say your goal isn't even isn't even side projects, isn't even uh, revenue. Just to become a better developer, making these project after project is going to drive you to do that. I, it, it's a really good, it's really good insight. And something that I want to kind of focus on a little bit is how do you stay motivated and focused? Like I know it's a passion, right? But, you know, building 200 projects is not, <laughs> it's not easy. Matt and I know what it takes to build a project, even a small one. So how do you kind of get, like, keep that motivation going? Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a question for my wife. 
probably <laughs> she will say I'm crazy. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's it's fully about the passion and uh, your your ego is also here. So like uh, you know, you want to achieve something and uh, you have some goals. Uh, uh, so. I don't know. I, I never had like a, a problem for to to do things. Only time when when I had this it was a year ago, like two three years ago, when I had a a really really bad like back pain. So I I was unable to work here for more than ten minutes a, a, a day. It was crazy. So it was really frustrating and and uh, like demotivating because. It's it's hard to to concentrate and create something if if you don't feel like uh, physically and and mentally like okay I, it's it's not easy and uh, but when I feel okay so there is not no problem I I for me the pro the problem is to 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 have a a, a time for everything I want to do so. Uh, I'm I'm not perfect at all. So uh, if if people say how you can do this project, for me it's like when I create side projects, I like to switch between them, and uh, not just like in a in what I mean like one project uh, and this week and second the next week, by but switch between between them daily. Like during the day, I can easily switch between two three uh like side projects and and uh, it's it's much less boring for me but um there are, there are a lot of stuff about procrastination and things like that it's it's really it's really not easy when i had some uh, like uh, uh this kind of problem because it can happen to you if you if you like are if you, if you are close to like burnout or something like this because it, it happened to me a lot of times so over my career at least five six times happened to me and uh, you have to like motivate yourself somehow so I just uh, just a simple little crazy thing when I just changed my uh, desktop background to to Aston Martin <laughs> car because it, it, this was my my like uh, dream car at the time and uh, you know you turn up on your computer and first thing you see before all icons are, are loaded is the is the car you want so a simple trick that that worked for me pretty well but. Uh, Maybe it won't work for for others. So I think what's what's important here here is to have some kind of balance between your uh, your work and your your free free time you spend with your family and friends and things like that. This was this was a big mistake for me when I spend a lot of time here and and uh, much less time with with my kids and my wife. But yeah. You, you know, people say it was worth it, but when you get like older, you start thinking about this. Uh, it was really worth it. 
yeah, you made a lot of money, but you you didn't spend that much time with with your beloved. So it's hard to say if if it's worth it or, or not. What would you say? What would you say for you know, let's say a, a person that wants to do something like their idea is say too ambitious. So it's not a small project or maybe they think it is, but it's something that like, Oh, I'm going to reinvent, you know, social media and I'm going to, I'm going to do an, I, the new Facebook. I'm going to do like another Facebook, but I'm going to do it better. What is your, what's your take on that? You know, what, what would you say to a person that they think, Oh, you know, that's going to be my side hustle when they have no idea how much work and, luck you know it took to make facebook uh, facebook yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah uh i i will say uh what i think about it uh the simple answer don't do it because <laughs> fair yeah, enough yeah, <laughs> the, yeah the, this world doesn't need another facebook it doesn't need another twitter what it needs and what works well now uh if you if you if you see what a lot of people do, are doing, you can do a project where there's a, a big competition, but usually the big competition means also a big demand. So uh, my advice is not to do a, a competitor that will be better in, in like every aspect. So sometimes it's about creating product that may be not that good that your competition, but has one unique feature that will make it stand out. So this is a trick here. Uh, sometimes it's enough to, to even not create like a, that complex product, but something that will solve that very simple thing that people are missing in, in the big competitor. Yeah, it, it can be maybe just like a, like a, not a, not a full co complex project, but just like a plugin for the, for the main one. Like hard to, hard to explain this for me, but. No, that makes, that makes sense. I think like just fi finding an ecosystem that work already works and making it better, mm -hmm. essentially, just mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. tweak that one thing that will make other people's lives easier instead of focusing on, Hey, let's, exactly. let's rework exactly. sales first. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. not, let's uh, not build a new WordPress. Let's build no. a plugin for WordPress basically. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, this world doesn't need another WordPress. <laughs> it's, it's hard to compete with this. Yeah. It, this ecosystem is, is so so big uh that company has a lot of lot of money so why this is this is like when uh, google tried to to be a competitor of, of facebook and it didn't work they made orkut they made uh the google uh, what the hell google what plus is? i just forgot i yeah, literally yeah, just remembered go it yeah yeah google plus it was another file uh, with, with this. So, yeah, even the big company can, can't uh, compete with uh, Facebook because uh, people didn't need it. And 
the big problem with with Google Plus was uh, that it, it was full of spam. It was hard to like maintain for them to, the platform to make it uh, clear from this. And uh, yeah, there was no demand. Most of people just came and and tried to to self promote. Yeah, I remember they made it mandatory at some point, didn't they, to comment on YouTube? You had to have a Google Plus account or something <laughs> as well. Genius. I think I, I think I remember that. And then that would just, you know, also lend itself to just people being like, well, I guess I'll have this Google Plus thing and then I can comment, but they're not going to use it. So it's just like a bunch of like nothing, <laughs> It's like just a bunch no. of nothing, really. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Honestly, it's good. It's really good advice, actually, the. Don't make something that people don't need. Like that's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious, but yes. it's it, it's hard. It's easy to overlook. Yes, it's interesting uh, still because uh, I got a lot of uh, a lot of like direct messages on on Twitter about this. So I'm going to build a, a Twitter clone and things like that. And the answer is obvious from me that just don't do it because it's it's. First, it's not necessary, and you don't have enough power to, to like promote it or make it big. And uh, th there are tons of other things you have to take into the consideration, like uh, the 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 hardware that's behind this platform and everything. It's 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 not the project for for one or two or three guys. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I so many good nuggets here, honestly, Chava. Thank you very much for coming on. I kind of want to pass it on to you. Is there any project that you want to kind of talk about uh, that you're building right now, or that you're going to have released in the future, so our audience has a chance to uh, to check it out, maybe support you in any way whatsoever? Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm building to Twidesk now. And uh, also doing one one uh, secret thing <laughs> that's that's related to Twidesk. Uh, I will re uh, reveal it in in a very short time. I think uh, was busy with the with the project I did for uh, Brett Traversy about the Tailwind CSS course. So I'm just starting to, to do my uh, own, own things now. And uh, last week I worked on, uh, on some automation for my uh, Twitter uh, things. So I, I'm creating a, a thread every, every single day except the weekend. And also those um, color palettes and gradients. So I created uh, free tools for each of them to make it uh, easy for me to, to do all of these things every single day. So it's just like a simple Node.js script that uh, grabs all the information for me and uh, put together the, the tweet and I just make some uh, uh, corrections in it. So yeah, it saves me a lot of time and I can then work more on my uh, my projects. So, so far, what I am doing, I'm just collecting uh, emails on the landing page and uh, also on my side projects, what I mentioned earlier. And uh, 
uh, yeah, I, I, I got a, a lot of ideas and uh, want to transfer the, this project to something else. Uh, so not, not, not the exact same thing what I thought it will be at start. And uh, I think users will like it before because it, it will be really interesting. Don't want to talk more about it now, but I will I will uh, reveal a lot of information uh, during uh, upcoming weeks. So everybody will find it uh, like useful for them. I think because there will there will be information that's uh, usually paid. I was really expecting when Mike asked that question for you to say something like, well, I'm actually reinventing Twitter and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm building a new Twitter. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I don't. It's already done. I've done it yesterday, so it took me two days. Guys. <laughs> so, yeah, that I think that was Tweedesk, right? Tweet, and it's twice. Yeah. It's tweed or twide.sk. We'll have all the links in the show notes for sure. Uh, so people can kind of go there and put in their email address to get notified. I think they can also follow you on Twitter uh, at Chaba underscore Kissy. Uh, yeah. And we'll also have that in the show notes. And it, it, it's it's pronounced Chaba, but it's actually spelled Saba. So it's C-S-A-B-A. If you just type that into Twitter search, you'll, you'll find them. But again, if you don't want to do that, you can just check the show notes and follow Chaba because he has a ton more advice that he gives over there. He has like daily threads with a bunch of resources and he'll, I don't know, he, he's one of the best people to interact with. I highly recommend following him and getting all the information you can from someone that's been in the industry for 24 years and making side projects, doing side hustles, crazy amount of work as you heard in this little tiny snippet of what he does. Uh, I almost guarantee you we'll probably have you back on the show at some point. So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, Matt, do you have anything else? No, I think that's it. That that was a lot covered and a lot of good insight. And honestly, you know, that one of the hardest things to do with side hustles, and you know, you can kind of comment on this, but is is definitely the, you know, the pieces like you think like, you know what, like I have the skills to make something, I'm going to go make something. But then when you go to do that, it's like, whoa, like, you know, how do I get this to the people? Like, how do I like, should I reinvent X thing if I really want to, you know, do that Twitter idea, that Facebook idea? Like, what is the thing? So I think this episode's a good jumping off point for people because Mike and I have 100% made mistakes similar uh, to these in our our side hustles for sure. And so, you know, this, this is a good jumping off point for people that, you know, are in our position now and obviously in the past if we could go back. So... Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for the insight, Chaba. Thanks, guys, for having me. I'm really happy I was able to be part of your show here, guys. And uh, yeah, I would be happy to join again if you want to. For sure. For sure. Definitely. Get, probably yeah. an SEO episode because I know we dived into that a little bit. We could probably, like you said, we could talk like eight hours on, on uh, uh, yeah, SEO. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> is, this is a very specific uh, thing. And uh, yeah, there is, there is no problem to talk about it one hour and, uh, and uh, talk about all the experience and how it changed over the years and what, to sh what should you do now and how to gain backlinks, what techniques to, to use to do this, what not to do, and things like that. So a lot, lot of things. 
And we will be using that on the HTML All the Things website, absolutely, I'm sure, because Mike and I are not completely clueless, but we're a little clueless. (laughs) 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 Having not run a full blog like this uh, in a long time slash ever. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, An SEO conversation would be great. Mm, Yeah. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it, Chaba. And we're for sure, again, going to have you back on, uh, I think. I think that's it again. Thank you. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the interview. Thank you, guys. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as we did. Tons of great tips and tidbits in there on how to monetize projects because you spend all this time learning how to develop sites, develop web apps, develop ideas, yada yada. But then monetization sometimes can really just fall by the wayside. So it's a good thing to have a conversation about, hey, how do I monetize this app? How do I monetize this blog? How do I make a little bit of money on this side hustle? So really great conversation with Chaba. And thanks again for coming on the show. But it is time to conclude here. So remember, we are on Patreon. If you like episodes like this, that is patreon.com slash HTML, all the things. Check it out. And many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on YouTube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript, Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design on LocalPathComputing.com, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on BlueBlackDigital.com, Chris from Self-Made Web Designer on SelfMadeWebDesigner.com, Tim from The Web Hacker on TheWebHacker.com, DL Ford from DLFord.io, Vib Hashrash from NineBlock Media on NineBlockMedia.com, Jason, Ge- Jason excuse me, from Geek Life Radio via GeekLifeRadio.com, Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via via mcwebstudio.ca, Magnus from YesWeb via yesweb.se, and Jeff from Twitter via at the Rithic. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on, and this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.